Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. My name is Bradley Brumley from Jonesboro, Arkansas. Thank you for listening. Today I had a really good cup of iced coffee at Bolden Creek Cafe. I had actually two of them because if you order it, it comes with a refill. It's a cafe that has a full menu, but amazing coffee. So it's sort of the best of both worlds. Um, I had the eggs Renedict, and you can get those veganized where they do tofu. And I know tofu doesn't sound maybe that appealing, but the way they do it is just amazing. So if you're in the Austin area, you got to check those guys out. And I don't know if it was the coffee from Bolden Creek or the the uh, blueberry cornbread that was smothered in maple syrup that we had, but somehow I talked her into doing another episode with me. So today we're going to discuss Janet Lansbury's book called No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame. And this philosophy basically follows uh, the Rye Method, which you'll hear us reference throughout the discussion, but it was brought to the U.S. by infant development expert Magda Gerber in 1973. So this has some history, and I think Janet Lansbury really really puts it into real-world terms that made sense to me. So here is Kim and I talking about the book. So today's a lucky day. I've got Kim with me. <laughs> hello, hello. I had Again. to get yeah. I had to get both mics out, so that's always a good night. He talked me into it. It took three ciders. <laughs> oh my god! Don't tell people I get drunk when I do these things. Okay, well you're never you're not drunk. I, I'm not drunk. You don't get drunk unless you're out with Cecilia. <laughs> then all bets are off. It helps ease my nerves, okay? <laughs> and so, it's Saturday night. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I didn't say it in a judgmental way. Okay, okay. I just I'm grateful that you agreed to do yet another episode with me. So we're gonna jump right in. We're, obviously from the introduction, we're talking about Janet Lansbury's book, No Bad Kids. And this is a bit of a remarkable um philosophy for me something i'm definitely not used to um so first off i want to start us off and feel free to jump in here that we're not experts by any means no we're only what almost three years into the job yep so we're not experts we're not trying to come off as uh know-it-alls or anything like that um so just want to give that disclaimer out of the gate yeah this definitely is- not just a parenting philosophy that we found interesting enough. Kim found the book mm-hmm. and uh, also listened to Janet's podcast and has really embraced the philosophy. So I am trying to learn it. Um, I've read the book and I listen to her podcast as well. So, you know, the confusion, I think, for me all the time is uh, like, am I doing this right? Yeah, that's every parent's question. Am I screwing up my kid? Exactly, because it's it's a lot of pressure, you know, trying to raise a human to give them all the tools that they're going to need to succeed in life and hopefully not need too much therapy, that kind of thing. So it's it's a lot of pressure. Um, um, I also want to say 
that anybody listening, if you parent any other way, we are not judging you just because you may not like this style of parenting. That's, I mean, I don't judge any parent. Absolutely not. However you want to discipline your child, however you want, you know, to do bedtime, co-sleeping, breastfeeding, formula, you know, whatever it is that is your prerogative. And I, I don't judge any, any. Absolutely. Yeah. This was just one that we found, we found interesting and, you know, something that was not intuitive to me, but after reading it, it made perfect sense. Absolutely, It was like a light bulb went off. So she talks a lot about limit pushing behavior. The why, why is my child throwing the toy truck at my head and then smiles? Are they evil? Are they, is she sometimes evil, Kim? Oof, I don't know. Sometimes she has that evil look in her eye. <laughs> exactly. But Janet's philosophy is that, and it's not really Janet, I guess we should say. Um, it's, you know, the rye. She's just following kind of Magda Gerber's philosophy. But, um, she says that they don't mean it. They have no, you know, they're just kind of testing boundaries. They're kind of testing their environment. What happens if I throw this toy truck at my dad's head? Is he going to get mad? Is he going to, you know, what is he going to do? Is he going to laugh? Mm-hmm. And so they're just always testing. They're like little scientists. <laughs> right. It's, and so that was the first part for me. I had to accept that, that this is normal. And that... And it's healthy. It's actually really healthy for them to throw tantrums and to scream and you know yeah yeah i just felt like oh if that if that happens i've done something wrong or i need to correct this and i just had to accept that uh toddlers have very little impulse control that was a a good term for me to learn Mm -hmm. yeah they don't mean that they don't they're not malicious little (laughs) no but they're almost programmed i would say to defy us uh like some malicious robot sent to take over the world was that too dark (laughs) uh defiance is almost automatic response uh when we say yes uh they have the natural instincts to say no regardless of what it is they want um uh, yeah, even you, though they want the ice cream, <laughs> they'll say no just because we offer it. Yeah, how many times has she said, I want the pony, and you get the... I don't want the pony. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, but it's just... They, they're just screaming out for something, but not necessarily what they're calling by name, I right. think. Well, they're asking for help, really. They're right, yeah. <clears throat> guidance. They don't... They just... We're just... Um, I heard another parenting uh teacher talking about it how we're supposed to be like the captains of the ship i think it was sarah what's her name not sarah silverman (laughs) (laughs) i don't think she would give very good parenting advice (laughs) oh what is her sarah stifleman something like that but um yeah that we're supposed to be the captains of the ship we just steer it we just make sure everybody's safe um Mm -hmm. but we don't try to control everybody right yeah it's i would say off more often than not uh, at least Janet's idea here is that it's a cry for help. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, usually toddlers are the last people to know that they're in a crisis like uh, hunger or fatigue, these kind of things. Yeah. And it's uh, our job to, to notice these things, to stay in front of it. I think our whole day, especially on the weekends when we're with her all day, is like just preventing 
the meltdown. Because yeah. it's like, <laughs> has she been fed? Has she been changed? You know, is she tired? Is she right? Is she too hot? Is she? Yeah, it's it's all day. I don't mean for this comparison to sound bad, but uh, I made the comparison that it's sort of like uh, uh, charming a cobra. <laughs> when you have the you know the snake charmers, right? Yeah, it's beautiful but deadly. Maybe not deadly. I'm going a little bit. <laughs> I'm a little too dramatic on that, but you get the idea. Well, We've all been there, all the parents out there. Oh, yeah. If Anybody out there that has a two- or three-year-old right now knows exactly what you're talking about. Right, yes. Deadly is not far from it. Not far from the truth. <laughs> it could be. If she was much bigger, she could take me out. Oh, yeah. And she will get there. So hopefully the impulse control comes with that. <laughs> So children, it says here, often push limits because they haven't reached a straight answer to a question. Hmm. What do you think of that? Is that something that they're just sort of, like you said before, looking to us for guidance? Is this person going to be consistent? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you're not consistent, then they haven't gotten the straight answer. And so they'll just keep doing it over and over and... If you blow up on them, then that's what they think is going to happen. That's their their answer yeah, to the question. Right, exactly, and it's. But the the point about um, them kind of testing the same thing over and over it, it reminds me of that of uh, that part in Jurassic Park where the Velociraptors test the electric fence and they just keep testing <laughs> the different parts to find the weakness yes and if they find that weakness they will strike on it and she definitely like if she knows that whining gets to us mm -hmm. then she's just going to keep doing it but if i act like that doesn't bother me whine as much as you want you know like right. that's you're not going to phase me with that i'm stronger than that i'm i'm a capable leader then she's like okay well that doesn't work and then she'll go on to the next thing right yes it's a, as Janet says, you've got to roll out the red carpet for all of the emotions that they've got. They just have to be able to let them all loose. Um, and that's that was a hard one for me to accept because I am a fixer. Yes. I want to swoop in and just sort of... Uh, well, you're Papa Bear. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I've just always had this innate... Uh, feeling like if a kid is crying i need to do something i need, need to take action yeah. and sometimes you gotta let them cry uh, absolutely now when we first started this i had this sort of oversimplification of it where i thought i'm just gonna ignore her when she cries yeah and that's not right but you want to encourage them to tell you their feelings you right. want to encourage them but not like ignoring them or even cheering them on like yeah yeah cry about right, it <laughs> yeah but almost just being okay with it it's that just that simple feeling it's not even what you say or what you do just the feeling you have inside of you that that's okay you're it's okay if you cry and it's okay if you're angry and you know you can go to those dark places and i'll still love you no matter what and i'm still just this pillar of strength for you right. and if they feel yeah. that they they grow up knowing that 
emotions are okay and mm-hmm. it's nothing to be ashamed of and nothing to hide and that's just such a huge lesson oh to yeah know. they don't have to repress the feelings yeah it saves them years of therapy <laughs> <laughs> well even adults need uh, a safe place to vent absolutely i vent every day when <laughs> you come home from work <laughs> well ditto on that <laughs> i sometimes vent before the day's over yeah. so <laughs> yeah but yeah. a two-year-old's tantrum is they're just venting about the day about and unfortunately, or fortunately, ever how you look at it, but they don't have the communication skills that we do. You know, they're limited to just a few moves, kind of like me when I'm dancing. <laughs> I've got just like three or four moves, that's it. <laughs> that's sort of like her uh, when it comes to uh, expressing that I'm frustrated, I'm unhappy. Yeah, she doesn't have all the words, so. Yeah. And it's just instinctual for them to cry. And, and I mean... Anybody who's had a good cry knows how good it feels after you've had one, you know? It's exactly. just like, you just kind of release it, like, oh, you know. Right, it's cathartic. Absolutely. She even has, uh, Janet uh, Lansbury has a whole chapter in this book. It's called Healing Power of Tantrums. So it, it, was, it takes practice. Oh, my God. Getting used to just being sort of hands-off while that's going on. Yeah. Because I think... You could easily uh, take your kid in that situation and probably spank them and get them to stop crying. Or, you know, they would cry maybe more and then come back down. But you could end it preemptively by doing that, but then they don't get to fully express it. So that's sort of her, you know, uh, philosophy on this. Hmm. Um, it's, It's also easy to view tantrums as the child's way of manipulating us into doing what they want and that's and this is where people and myself <laughs> included uh take it personally you know the tantrum is about me oh uh, you're not providing you're not doing the right thing or what? Right, well just that you know that she's got it out for me today you know she's just <laughs> gonna give me hell and it's not like that. Absolutely. I, you know, that's just my own ego trying to make it about me. But yep. it's hard when she, you know, for instance, and this is a true story, I can say it, uh, when she kicks me in the balls, for me not to take that personally. Oh, yeah. She I, threw a flashcard at my face today. Yes. You could, she could have paper cut your eye. You you could have needed an eye patch for, for the rest of your life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So you just, yeah, it's it's hard not to take that personally. But, that's, but it's such a big lesson as an adult to remember that really nothing anyone does to you, you know, to take it personally. Good point. Um, yeah. You know, just it has nothing to do with you. It's whatever's going on with them at that time. Right. So and, we just got to keep our cool. Yeah. While they're just losing it. <laughs> We have to stay steady in the eye of the storm, you right? You really do. Um, she, uh, Jana Lansbury, has a podcast. It's called Unruffled. And if you're interested, please check it out. It's it's amazing. But um, there's one episode that she talks about being um, the mama bear or the papa bear. And because we are big, strong giants compared to them. And right. so, you know, they are looking to us for direction, but they're also lashing out. So we could control them physically. We could grab her and you know put her in her bed physically or Mm -hmm. you know but um a mama bear or papa bear would just you know just be benevolent and be just caring and nurturing but also guiding like we're you're definitely going to go to bed but Mm -hmm. we're not going to like physically pick you up and throw you in bed (laughs) yeah and it when i 
really embrace this and stop trying to control it as much and control her, it actually took some of the pressure off. You know, it was, I didn't have to swoop in all the time and be that person. I could, one of the most, uh, I don't know, the, the most beneficial quotes out of this book for me was that, uh, I don't have, my job is not to make her happy. Which I isn't did, that crazy? Yeah, yeah, that sounds weird to say. Like, oh man, this guy is a bad parent. <laughs> but I'm here to keep her alive, keep her safe, keep her safe. Uh, you know, keep her fed. That's right, keep her fed <laughs> in a positive environment. But you know, this method of letting them vent and and sort of get it out, and you know, not physically punishing them is not a, a sign of weakness. Because I actually felt like I had to be more consistent then. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people confuse this method with kind of like hands-off parenting or, or I think they call it gentle parenting or mm. um, just kind of like where you kind of let them guide themselves. And that's not the case. Um, you know, she's a strong believer in boundaries for sure. And we have so many boundaries for her. Right. Um, anything that's unsafe for her or, you know, that would put her in harm's way. You know, she had this little thing she picked up at the domain today. Oh, yeah. That she just loved, but it was tiny. And she went to put it in her mouth and Brad took it away from her and she lost it. Um, yeah. But, you know, she could have choked on it. So we're going to put our foot down and we're going to take it away and she's going to cry about it. And, you know, we'll we'll be there for her. And yeah, yeah we don't have to get angry about it. Yeah, we're just like, yep, yeah, it's hard to lose toys yeah <laughs> that you really like i like the way that janet whenever she's answering these letters uh from the parents <laughs> and she's talking as though she's the parent and let's say in that instance where she wanted this plastic toy janet uh, would say something like oh i could see you really wanted that plastic toy <laughs> and she doesn't apologize she just kind of leaves it at that yeah. at first it sort of reminded me of willy wonka but <laughs> I, I had to tone down the sarcasm. Oh, like the condescending. Yeah, like, oh, you want to chew on this plastic? Maybe <laughs> Too I want, bad. Yeah, how unfortunate. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Or at least no. I, I had to stop. I had to tone it down. Well, Janet is big on just being respectful in the way you speak to your children. Right. Um, she's, and Brad really loved this when he found out about her, that she's not a big fan of baby talk. Yes. Especially, you know, in the infant stages, um, which I've always been a baby talker. I see a baby and I'm like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? (laughs) I go straight into baby talk. But um, yeah, she says from an early age, you're supposed to speak to them in your normal voice, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just with respect, even when they're just infants and because they're constantly absorbing, absorbing information, especially in that stage. Um, so yeah, just to be respectful in the way you speak to them, um, be clear, you know, you might, I guess in the early stages, zero to two to three years, mm-hmm. um, speak a little more slowly to them, right. of, you know, cause they're still learning, but, um, yeah. but yeah, to just, well, yeah, because the, I think one of the takeaways for me was that you have to, in some ways, um, pretend that you're taking care of an older person and someone that already understands uh, the human uh, English language and that, you know, they would want to know, oh, I'm going to lay you down right now. I'm going to take oh, yeah. off your, you know, uh, diaper right now. Um, because I, at the very beginning, first six months, you know, I was just 
deer in the headlights. And so I'd put her there and I'm just trying to get it done as quickly as possible, mm -hmm. but that's not serving her. It's not doing her any favors. I need to kind of talk her through it. And this sounded ridiculous a little bit to me because I, she's six months old. She can't understand me. But she can. That's yeah. the thing is that even before they can speak, even before they can articulate words, they know exactly what's going on. They know their surroundings. And if you can imagine being a baby, being held, and then all of a sudden going from sitting up to laying down, like mm -hmm. someone just kind of fall, you know, letting you fall right. and they're going to catch you and put you on a changing table and change your diaper. And they know what's going on, but you have no idea that your diaper is about to be changed. Right. And it so can it be can, abrupt. It can be very abrupt. And, you know, it can make for a bad diaper change session when, you know, you could just prevent it all of that saying, I'm going to take your diaper off now. Or I'm going to lay you down right now right. And, and change your diaper. So then they're like, okay, I know, I know what's going on. I can, I can prepare myself and right. just be, and I think that is huge. Has, has got a huge way for us with Olivia. She's the most cautious baby I've ever known in my life. She, <laughs> she is. She really is. She, We're lucky that way. She doesn't climb on things. She's very cautious. And so anything that's unstable or unsteady or um, just physically, she doesn't really like it. So if I'm going to lay her on a high table, especially at a public place, you know, like those public changing tables. Mm, yes. Um, she's very, you know, just kind of weary of those. And so... I'm like, it's safe. I'm right here. I'm going to, you know, I got you. You're not going to fall. And I tell her everything I do before I do it. And it just makes for such a better session when I know if I didn't do that, it would just end in tears. Right. It's just like with adults, it's all about setting expectations. <laughs> you know, it, it, some of the same psychology applies. But for some reason, when I saw a baby, I felt like that all those rules were out the door, you know, and I really just have to, you know, treat her like an adult. If I do that consistently, chances are uh, that she'll act more like an adult. I know some parents out there with probably eight or nine years old that are just laughing at us right probably. now. Like, you too. Yeah, you, you just get ready. wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't even hit the three-nager stage we yet. Really it's coming. <laughs> but one of uh, Janet Lansbury's uh, sort of things that I like a lot in this book is that she uses uh, creative visualization a lot. You know, she says, imagine yourself as like the CEO of a company that okay. does not get upset by things. You know, you're just cool, calm and collected. And right. Someone's going to come to you with something you probably don't like or approve of, but you're not going to scream at them about it. You know, if you're a CEO of a company, you're going to remain cool right but you're gonna lay down the law exactly a good ceo anyway right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all about being confident yeah. or I the think. captain of the ship yes. or um the mama bear kind of thing yeah that those visualizations or she has another good one um when they're when the tantrum is starting and you can mm. feel it coming she pictures herself kind of like is it iron man or I and think it's like, so. you know, the shield is like, T -t 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 -t, yeah. you know, it just starts building and she builds the shield and like, nope, you're not going to get through. You're not going to ruffle my feathers and I'm going to stay strong no matter what kind of fit you throw. Yeah. And one of the things on her podcast I heard her say a few days ago was the, uh, you have to basically, if you know something's right and your child or toddler is throwing a fit, doesn't want to do it, you have to have the confidence of a firefighter taking her out of a burning building. Hmm. Whatever 
that said thing is, you know, mm-hmm. that you're putting an end to. You have to just have that confidence and then they'll follow. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of like, you know, we're at the park and we've been there for a long time. We're mm, all hot yes. and tired and we know she's ready to have lunch and she doesn't want to leave the park. And no. even though know, she's famished. Yeah. You know, but she will not get off the slide or whatever it is. And we have to swoop in like little firefighters and like, all right, it's time to go home. And we've left plenty of parks with her kicking and screaming. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, we stick to our boundaries, but, you know, it's okay if you kick and scream, but you're still going home. Yeah. Even on that subject, if she kicks me, um, you know, it's, I don't let her do it. Mm-hmm. She gets away with maybe one. You get one free one. <laughs> While I wasn't looking. <laughs> While I wasn't looking. You, you got me. But I'm not going to let you hit me. Yeah. I'm not going to get out the belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, folks. If that is your thing, by all means, and it's working for you, we're not here to tell you not to uh, use the corporal punishment. But uh, I'm trying not to. We'll see how it goes. I My hat's off to the single parents out there. Because... I can barely do it with one kid and a really great co-parent on the sides here. So (laughs) my hat's off to all you single parents out there. I don't know how they do it. Let's talk about bribing. Bribing? Oof. Yeah. We are big offenders. And and this is is probably in every parenting book. Yeah. Not to bribe your children. (laughs) But it's just, you know, the it's my preferred motivation. You know, because the old adage, the carrot or the stick, right? I'm not good with the stick. She gets away with murder with me. I, you know, I can't, I can't hurt her. But the carrot is much more my style. In fact, just tonight, or we were trying to get her to use the the potty. Still hasn't done that, and so. I thought we've we tried different techniques on the potty. We've tried everything. So you know, one of the techniques that we had was, hey, if you go to the potty, we will give you the tablet and a candy, <laughs> like double. It, it's because we're at our rope's end. I yeah. mean, we're just, we're we're approaching three years old, and we we haven't. I mean, I guess she's gone once. She's gone once, and it was and when it was you because offered, I bribed. Yeah, it was because you bribed. But it didn't stick. It that didn't was stick. a few months ago, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think this this basically builds an environment where she is going to expect something every time she does what I tell her to. True. You know, hey, take out the garbage. Well, what are you what are you going to do for me? True. Um, yeah, that it's I guess the wrong motivation mm-hmm. basically to use. Um, but I'm so guilty of it. I can't. I'm still working on that one. That is difficult. Yeah, I guess Janet's. Uh, advice would be and I've heard her speak a few times on potty training but that they will do it in their own time that's yeah and that's a big part of her philosophy is that um, we need to trust our children trust them that they know what's best for themselves they know when they're comfortable with something they know they know better than we do yeah and we think we know them you know uh, better than they know themselves, but that's not the case. That we need to trust them, and she will do it on her own time. And she, you know, she's proven us wrong time and time again. Oh yeah, yeah. We would say, oh, she'll never do this. She'll never get on the swing. Mm-hmm. And then one day, she just wants to swing and yep. doesn't want to get off. So we just need to be patient. And the right technique is to not push them because 
like we said, the, the pushing boundaries and everything, if we push her and push her and push her to use the potty, she's going to be like, what's going on with the potty? Why is this such a big right. deal? You know, yeah. and, um, now we've kind of created this little fear around it. And mm-hmm. so we've just dug ourselves into a big fat hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just need to, again, stop the bribing and take a step back and say, you know what, when you're ready to, uh, you know, stop wearing diapers mm-hmm. uh, and save dad some money, <laughs> you know, by all means, you do that. Until then, the toys get a lot better once <laughs> once you get past that diaper stage. But, yeah, we just have to wait. It's a, it's a patience game. Mm-hmm. I used to want to micromanage the food. Food say, is a big one. Yeah, I would say, you. well, you can't get down until you eat your, you know, vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not, again... That's not really what you want to do. Yeah, you again, kind of... you want to trust your child that they know when they're full. They know when they've had enough food. They right. know when they're hungry, when they're not. Now, that doesn't mean free-range eating all day. Exactly. You you know, we set times. These are, it's, you know, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. And if she's trying to, oh, I don't want any food, well, then, okay, game over. You know, once you're down, you know, we're not going to just let you kind of keep coming back. Although... I do that. I know we're we're offenders of all these things. Yeah, everything we're telling <laughs> this is okay. this is actually what we want to do, but still have not mastered <laughs> not all these mastered. skills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's you know our job as parents is to provide food, um, provide healthy mm-hmm. food that we think that they should eat, and it's up to them if they want to eat it or not. And they're not going to go hungry. Yeah, and they might for a meal, you know. Maybe. They yeah. might not eat breakfast, and then, you know, by, you know, a couple hours later or an hour later, they're like, oh, I'm starving, you know, right. and it's like, well, snack time is in an hour, and, you know, and that's you it. You say that, I mean, but it's tough when she comes to you hungry. <laughs> Do you really, I mean, <laughs> I know I don't. You don't. You are the bigger. I know. <laughs> I mean, you just, you'd love to feed her. And, right, and yeah. you, um... You know, she's happiest when she's fed. Oh, yeah. She's just like you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. True story. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then when they do tell you, okay, I'm done eating. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm full. I'm done. You don't get mad about it. You don't, you know, we don't say another word when she, and she knows now. Yeah. She eats and eats and eats. And then she's like, I'm done. And we pick her up Mm -hmm. and we put her down and there's no hard feelings. Right. Whether she ate two bites or 10, you know, it doesn't matter. And she's on her way, but right. she knows now. I think that she's not going to get fed till that next that me- next. Yeah, it's starting to sink in. Yeah. So now I can be a little bit more steadfast with the rules. <laughs> Kim does it right. I'm the one that, that messes it all up. <laughs> I just put my my Reuben hat on. <laughs> Sometimes I try to distract her as a way to get her to to stop being upset Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was another one that i was surprised to learn is maybe not the best technique it's easy to do yeah because i know how to make her laugh Mm -hmm. so if she's upset about something i just want to swoop in and go hey yeah you know do something zany Mm -hmm. and make her laugh but again you know probably not not the best method for getting you know her to be emotionally mature yeah well i mean accepting the feelings is also just being okay with them and if you're trying to distract her move her along that indicates to her that something's not right he's trying to get me to stop you know why or um, it goes back to trying to control it 
the self-directed, uninterrupted play piece of this. Mm -hmm. She's very encouraging of this, that you need to give your child, you know, a space to where they can just play because it's so um, fundamental to their learning. Now, you set up a room for Olivia that is what Janet would call a yes space. Yes, it's a playroom. Um, yes space means basically that they are free to play and roam and kind of do whatever they want in this space without being told no. Um, there's so many parts of your house where, you know, you can't climb on the fireplace or you can't climb on the couches or, you know, stand on the dining room table. <laughs> right. But they need to have a place somewhere safe in the house. It could be a corner of the house. It could be um, anywhere um, that's just safe for them to explore and play and climb and jump or whatever they want to do um, and feel free to do that. And play, I think, is such a huge part in their developmental process that if we are constantly, no, don't do this, and no, don't, you know, don't yes. do that, and, you know, they're not free to roam and to think and learn. And uh, That's got to be frustrating if you're, there's these giants around you and they're constantly telling you no. Uh, I mean, no wonder they kind of get a little bit irritated. Yeah, I mean, you can't do anything. You're like, hey, I just want to see what this is. I don't know that it's a light socket that has 110 volts behind it. Okay. You know, that just looks interesting. Because, of course, a child is always going to go after the most dangerous thing in a room. So the yes space is kind of nice. Now, there are rules, I guess, in the yes space, but I try my hardest not to ever you know, tell her no. Right. If she's climbing on something like a table or whatever, I'm going to get it. I'm going to come in and, and take her down. Well, the thing is, is that the yes space should be, you know, tables should be low enough to where if they want to climb on them, they can. And if they fall off of them, it's safe enough. You know, right. I mean, she, ha everything in her room is very low to the ground. Um, it's carpeted. We have gates at the top of the stairs, um, covers over the side. Everything is safe and childproofed. Um, and I mean, it, Unless she's like throwing a hammer at another kid's head or right, trying yeah. to, you know, um, throw trucks at her head or whatever it is, yeah. then, you know, if it's she not can physical just, harm. I think so. I mean, kids want to climb. There should be a yeah. place where they can climb and get that physical activity out. I want to get her some kind of little playscape outside where she can. Oh, yeah. You know, some sort of. Well, the birthday's coming up. <laughs> you never know. And so Janet obviously is on the no screen time uh, bandwagon. And I would love to say we are on that bandwagon too, but I just today have used it two times. <laughs> we were at the record store and you're trying to take some pictures and then trying to get her on the potty. Um, I, daddy phone came out yeah. and uh it was probably not the best day to record this podcast. yeah we <laughs> basically failed as well if uh maybe i can draw a line from my parents and uh just let everybody know do as i say not as i do oh, God. <laughs> probably not we become our parents you know it's well it's your this isn't something that i think most people can just open up the book and just run away with and say oh, all right, yeah i'm gonna get this down so you know maybe i get part of this down and then yeah we definitely limit her screen screen time yeah she doesn't get it through the week um on the weekend she may get it once 
maybe twice like today. <laughs> um, but for an hour, two hours top, you know, she's yeah. not on it all day long. And then when we do take it away, you know, we give her an environment like her yes space or outside time yeah. just to kind of break up that, you know, Absolutely. screen time that she's been inundated with. Um, yeah, she has a great episode about screen time. I know I grew up on not as many video games, but I definitely Atari, Nintendo, Playstations. <laughs> I mean, they were around. Um, and so and so it's hard for me because sometimes I feel like I want her to be exposed to computers, electronics. I struggle with that, too, because I have a lot of great memories as a child watching movies and watching TV with my family and, um, you know, I had favorite me. I love going to the movies. I love cinema. I yeah. love, you know, you know, and I'm, I'm the worst offender of playing on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the appeal and yes, I want her right. to be up to date on, you know, know how to use a computer. And well, I think the, what Janet, is probably concerned with in in terms of screen time is just that a toddler does not know how to process this information like we do as adults um you know she would say whenever they see something tragic on a screen to them it's much more real and visceral than it would be for us mm -hmm. yeah they can't they can't differentiate the two yeah one time uh, i forget what we were watching and they had a car and she said, oh, I want that car. And she was reaching for it, right? like trying to pull it off the screen. And it reminded me of uh, Janet's, mm -hmm. you know, explanation of that. It's true. So, but we still have to give her some screen time occasionally. I, I think a little bit is not bad. Moderation. Moderation, we try. yeah. We try our best, but <laughs> we'll just say that. <laughs> so one thing when it comes to play and and ways of of what uh, the independent self-directed play is i had to stop interrupting it that's a hard one yeah because it it's so much fun to get involved in that world mm -hmm. and i don't know if she invites me in i feel like then i can go in and i can join in and the, the tea party or whatever that she's got going on but if she's just off on her own i feel like i need to just hang back Oh, definitely. Yeah. Just because the more she can grow that independent play, that focus that whatever she's doing on, she's building blocks or whatever, you know, writing in chalk, the more she can, you know, uh, perfect that craft mm -hmm. of being focused, being, you know, on task. Um, too many of us are just distracted or, you know, right. you have that syndrome of looking at your phone every 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, but if she can grow that at an early age, it's so beneficial for them when they grow up and they go to college and they need to study for an exam. You know, she's going to have the tools to. That's true. To focus and study. Yeah, because anything like anything else, you just have to practice it. And that attention span. Yeah. So is... we as parents need to learn to observe rather than direct. Yeah. And I think we suffer because or not suffer. We uh, <laughs> we do this because she is an only child and we feel like we need to play with her and we need to, you know, and it's important to play yeah. with your child. We don't say to, you know, ignore them, but right. Um, when they are focused on something, just observe, let them be, watch them, you know, let the sure. play belong to them. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I that's think that's huge. it. Let them be the director. Just sit back and, uh, you know, what is it? We're the set designers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just set it up. We set up the yeah. playroom, the yes space, and then we just let them direct their own right. movie. Yeah. She's Bruce Springsteen. I'm just the roadie that comes out and moves the table and the chairs. And brings snacks. Brings and... snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk play dates. Um, Anybody out there interested? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> so one thing I wanted to bring up that is somewhat awkward is let's say you're on a play date mm -hmm. and our beloved angel goes up and just takes somebody's toy away. But I kind of think it depends on the way the other child reacts. You know, if Olivia takes something and other kid freaks out and cries and right. you know looks to their mom and then their mom looks at you and you're like uh my kid just made your kid cry <laughs> um or if the kid's okay with it you know i just kind of hang back until there's a serious issue you know and then i need to kind of jump in but yeah if she takes another kid's toy you know i kind of just hang back and you know that's kind of what happened and the other kid's kind of looking at her like why'd you take my toy you know and, yeah you know but if it's not a huge issue i feel like us parents need to just let them kind of figure it out and it goes back to trusting them trusting right. them that they can they can handle these situations themselves and sometimes when they do cry and they look to you for answers you know then we as parents can jump in and say right. oh you know benjamin was playing with that maybe maybe we should give it back to him and he seems really upset you but know some, if the parent i think is not on the same page as mm, you or kind of looks to you like hey your kid needs to get my your kid's being a jerk <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah uh you kind of have to tell people this up front because you know, if they don't, they just sort of look at you like you're some sort of psychopath that lets your kid just yeah, like, do whatever, <laughs> you know, and the, I think one of the keys to that or the, the, the thing that works out really well is that the kids get to kind of work it out. Yeah. Cause I've seen kids take her toy and she just kind of goes and finds something else. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not like ignoring the kids or just like, you guys figure it out. We're going to be over here drinking or, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> But you're right there with them. You know, you, you would be right there with her if she took the toy in case the kid tries to hit her or bite her, you yeah. know, or vice versa. If, she, if a kid takes her toy and she tries to lash out, our hands are already right there. We're already ready to stop her actions mm -hmm. and help her through this situation. But we don't do that until until she needs help. Right, exactly. It just goes back to that laissez-faire uh, the least amount of resistance or interference possible yes. that you can do is probably the best. Same with helping when they ask you, can you open, or, you know, open this or, you know, she comes to you for help. Help me with this toy. I can't yeah. figure it out to do the least amount of help. You know, mm. if she's trying to get the lid off of a jar and she literally can't do it, you can kind of unscrew it a little bit to where she can do, you know, 90% of it. Right. Yeah. That way it's developing that confidence in her too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She needs to, we not only need to trust her, but she needs to trust herself that she's capable of doing these things. And, you know, we're always here to help yeah. her, but we're not going to do it all. We're not going to unscrew the jar all the way for you. Yeah, exactly. So, metaphorically speaking yeah <laughs> and yet another thing where the pressure was off because i didn't have to run in and fix it all the time sometimes i'd hey you know what maybe you try to figure this out yeah like, yeah when they come to or when she comes to me i say what do you think about this you know she's like i can't do this well how do you think we should go about this you know just yeah 
throwing the ball back to her. A exactly. Bit. Yeah, give her the opportunity to, to come up with a solution. I think in summary, just the whole philosophy, the whole approach of Rye is trust and respect. It right. boils down to those two words. Um, and acceptance. <laughs> <It's> three <laughs> words. Um, yes. Yeah, so trust and respect, it just builds that two-way kind of, you know, you're putting the kid on an equal playing field and as you should anybody anybody you have a relationship whether it be an infant child whether it be a toddler whether it be a teenager whether it be your coworker, you know anyone yeah how would you treat that person how would you and you want to treat them and you want them to treat you with trust and respect right i mean golden rule absolutely so it carries on through and it just that kind of really resonated with me is that you know i'm gonna treat her at two years old the same same way I'm going to treat her when she's 21. This, I don't know, just this right philosophy has really helped me anyway, just kind of, you know. Oh, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. insight, yeah, just on how to how to steer this crazy, crazy-ass yeah. boat. <laughs> and to try to do it with the least amount of harm to her, both uh, from a physical standpoint and a psychological standpoint. <laughs> I don't want to mess you up. <laughs> Well, I do want to thank Kim for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You're like the best co-host ever. Oh, God, no. No. She's the co-hostess with the mostest. (laughs) You're so cheesy. (laughs) I know. (laughs) No. um, You know, I don't don't know much about parenting at all. I'm a first-time mother of a two-year-old little girl, so, um, you know, I barely have my toes in the water. But I just, I think that anybody out there struggling... Um, out there with you know their kids be it at any age um, could really benefit from from her book and from her teachings her podcast um, several YouTube videos out there she's out there Janet Lansbury yes yeah her book is no bad kids toddler discipline without shame Well, that's the episode this week. I do appreciate you for listening, and I want to thank Kim. Extra special thanks to her for doing another episode with me. I think it's fair to call her a recurring co-host at this point, don't you think? I'm going to go with that. You can find Janet Lansbury's podcast. Uh, it's called Unruffled. You can find that pretty much anywhere. Anywhere that you can find this podcast, which I... Uh, do appreciate you for listening to and rating and reviewing. You can find me at the coffeebuzzpodcast.com and I will talk to you next week.